Hello, and welcome back to the Goody Two Shoes podcast. I'm Becky, the mom half. And I'm Ellie, the daughter half. And this week, we're talking all about seasons and what they mean in our lives, in the world, and as part of how we grow and age, and what God and the Bible has to say about it. Yeah, so in short, we're talking about how to be happy where you are in the season that you're in. Yes. Speaking of seasons, what your, what's your season right now? What are you in? Uh, it's winter. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> but um, I don't know. I I guess as a mom, I could say I my season right now is with a bunch of middles, as I like to call them. My kids are no longer littles, and they're not bigs yet. They're not out on their own. So I would call them my middles, and that's the season I'm in as a mom. And that's something that I had to kind of figure out along the way. Um, What about you, Ellie? I think I'm in a season of growth, which I've been in. I think I've been in that season for a while. So that's my overarching season of spiritual growth that I've been trying to work on and just um, putting myself in more situations where I think I'll be inclined to grow spiritually or be challenged. Um, But on a lesser scale, I think I'm in a season of creativity been feeling very creative as of late. I think it helps that it's cold outside and so I want to be doing something, you know, and so my creative go-getting brain has been very active. So as of late, I've been wanting to create a lot of things. Yeah, it's, it's a good time. Winter is good for creative yes, things. Definitely. Yeah. So what's new? what's new with you since we talked last? Since we talked last. What um, happened in the last week? Well, shoot, what did happen? Well, I have a research project for homeschool that I've been working on. (sighs) She's so excited about it. Can't you tell? She has four weeks to do it, and she is like, wow, thank you. I'm so excited. Can't you just hear the excitement? Basically, I have to do a research project, and it's the thing is like, oh, you know, be creative about it, whatever. So I could either do like a slides presentation of some sort, or they're like, or you can do 20 pages of writing. I'm like, hmm. No, thanks. So I'm doing a slides presentation that's going to be still long. Don't worry. Um, But we were able to pick like any topic. So I panicked and I don't know what to pick. So I picked cows, more specifically dairy cows and how you should like which cows you should get. So I'm going to make like a quiz or something. Anyways, I've been working on that. Oh, oh, oh. And and I got to go to a coffee house the other day, a coffee shop. I mean, I could have gone basically the entire year because it's in town. But still, I actually went and I stayed there for like, what, four hours? Five hours. Wow. Yeah. So I stayed there the whole time and I ordered two things and it was very fun. And yes, I am a sucker for the aesthetic and the vibes. So I had my lo-fi going and I was sipping my hot cocoa. And yes, it was it was very fun. (laughs) Yeah, that was that was good. It was snowing outside. Yeah, it was it was, so it was perfect. perfect coffee shop study sort of morning. You know, it's all cuddled up in my chair. So enough about me. Let's do with you. Well, last week was my birthday. Last weekend, so we recorded our podcast, and then uh, two days later was my birthday. Oh, so yeah. my family treated me on uh, the day before my birthday. They treated me to a full day of. Of, it was kind of like my yes day, which was super cool because for me, I just wanted to sit on a couch all day. And I did. And I made a puzzle with the kids, sort of. They dropped in and out. And my parents and my in-laws came to celebrate. And it was really low-key. And I was thankful for that because I didn't want to go out. I didn't want to do a bunch of things. I just wanted to chill and kind of take a break. Yeah. And for any of you who are thinking, 
Wow, that's what you gave her for her birthday? Let me tell you, she's very, very go, go, go and does a lot of the things. So making her sit down and forcing her to not have to do any work and not even letting her get up to get food. She, we got her everything. It was very relaxing for her. So plus your quality time is your love language. So mm -hmm. we were all trying to spend time with her. I mean, not that it was a chore or anything. It was a blast for us too. But yeah, that's fun. Yeah. So here we are four minutes in and we're still talking about anyway <laughs> that's us easily sidetracked <laughs> so when i say seasons getting into the subject this is something that um, i didn't really understand outside of the physical four seasons that we experience here on earth um i didn't really think about it in any sort of like spiritual way or any sort of way that you can apply it to your own life and living in as the years pass and and growing up, things like that. That was completely foreign to me. I'd never even considered that as a concept until I was a young mom. Um, I was probably three kids in when an older, more experienced mom who was sort of like a mentor for me, I was frustrated. I was feeling like with, you know, three very young kids and another one on the way, I was like, all I want to do is write. I have a passion for writing and blogging and keeping up with that. And I had, you know, quite a few people reading my blogs for a while. And um, I'm like, I can't take this anywhere because I'm, you know, eyeballs deep in finger paint and diapers and I'm exhausted all the time. And I was really unhappy. So not with the kids, I have to stress. I yeah. love my children and I, I adore them so much. But this mom said, yeah, yeah, that is a tough time. She's like, that's just your season right now. But that won't be your for always. And I was like, what do you mean that's my season? She said, well, it's a season that you're in with, with babies and toddlers and preschoolers where the, the children are very intensive. They need your time all the time they're awake, even in the middle of the night. And that won't always be how they are. It's, they'll grow up. They'll get older, they'll get into grade school, they'll be more independent. That's just how it is with children. They learn how to do things on their own. They don't need your help for every single thing anymore. And she's like, and when you're into the next season, maybe then you can dig back into your writing at a level that makes you happy. And I was like, oh, I had never considered that this was a season, that it wasn't like all seasons end and move on to the next. And it was so liberating for me. Like it almost released this burden that I had been putting on myself saying, I'm, I'm not measuring up. I'm failing at my calling. I'm not getting anything done. When in reality, I had the freedom to kind of set that writing passion of mine aside, put it on a shelf and really dig deep into the kids and just focus so on much on them and enjoy and love that season. And I'm so thankful that I got that advice because I was able to let go. I was able to put it on a shelf and I just went all in on the kids. And it took me, you know, that realization and, you know, I'd already had three kids, so I can only imagine how distracted I must have been with, you know, being a mom of one or being a mom of two and still trying to help run our businesses and all the other things that I was involved in. So that's when I first got in touch with the concept of seasons in your life. And that was, I don't know, so profound that I felt like, man, we could talk about that mm -hmm. and have, because it wasn't just that season, that season of my life encompassed my motherhood, but I was also going through other types of seasons. We were 
um, a small tidbit of info about um, my husband Andy and I, um, we were feeling very called to be small-scale farmers early on in our marriage. And we realized that dream through my family farm. We were taking over the farm from my dad. And it was like three years of blood, sweat, and tears and like, you know, 16-hour days. And it was, we loved it. We were just all in on that. And and then it didn't work out and we had to leave the farm and it was shocking. And we thought we'd messed up. And so we went through, and actually I would argue we're still in this season of wandering, kind of like a desert time where we feel like we're in the wilderness and we haven't quite landed back home uh, with our calling. And so that is also a season that I've, you know, learned to embrace, even though it's not a season I love. Mm -hmm. It's not all seasons are lovely. Like we think about right now, physically we're in winter. Winter, it, it is beautiful. It has its own ways of being beautiful with how like the snow makes everything look so pure and white. Um, but like in reality, the trees are, they look dead. They're not dead, but they look dead. The grass is brown. Like the bushes, you know, are just skeletons. That's not necessarily beautiful and it can be really hard. Um, there's a lot of depression in winter. And for me personally, it's cold all the time. I can never get warm. <laughs> never. I'm never warm until I'm like under eight layers in my bed at the end of the day. And, and then it's lucky if she's warm. Yes. My poor husband has a deal with my heat sucking hands. <laughs> and <laughs> no, not just him. Hey, <laughs> no, no, your neck is so nice. No, 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 no. Don't you dare. <laughs> but like Ice queen hands. So, but winter looks dark. I mean, it's cloudy all the time here in Wisconsin, at least, and um, and things are dormant. And it, but but the beauty of winter is also you can rest. You have less to do. I mean, from an agrarian standpoint, there's a yeah. ton less to do, and um, that has beauty because you need to rest. I mean, God gave Sabbath to man. He didn't build us to worship the Sabbath. He built the Sabbath to help us out. So winter can be like a Sabbath, mm -hmm. but it can also be really hard too. So not all seasons are wonderful and yeah. glorious. I don't want to derange it, but something you said made me think of something. Yeah, um, go ahead. So how you're kind of saying about, like you were saying, oh, I was in like the little season and obviously that's past, but also that far back you were in like this season, like you were saying, what did you say? A kind of like desert season? Being in the wilderness. Yeah, yeah. the wilderness. Um, and I don't know, that's just kind of makes me think of, just how how different seasons can be in their timing and how like how unpredictable it can be you know we'll have you know we'll have a summer day in like June and then the next day it might be downpouring rain you know and we have no idea or we'll have winter come super early that year or we'll have fall go late you know you never know when it's going to happen um, but at the same time there's certain overarching seasons like you're in the season of summer but sometimes you'll have these little in-between parts, you know, that just like pop in. And so basically like there's so many different things that are going on at the same time. You know, it's not like mm -hmm. you're going through one season at a time. There are lots of things on top of each other. Um, and so yep. like, like you're saying, you're kind of going through that desert time. Um, and it's like, it's been winter in that sort of area for a long time, you know, but that doesn't mean it's going to be winter forever. So that was something that stuck out to me that you were saying that I think is just really interesting. Well, and if we look to the Bible, so the most one of the most famous 
passages that um, talks about seasonality of things is in Ecclesiastes, uh, where Solomon is writing this poem, that the time for everything. Um, do you mind if I read oh, no, a little please. bit? All right. So it's Ecclesiastes chapter three, verses one through, well, we'll see. It, I wrote down one through 22, but I don't know if I'll read all of that. But he writes, for everything, there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven. A season, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to harvest, a time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build up. A time to cry and a time to laugh. A time to grieve and a time to dance. A time to gather stones, or I'm sorry, scatter stones, and a time to gather stones. A time to embrace and a time to turn away. A time to search and a time to quit searching. A time to keep and a time to throw away. I'm about to hit one of those seasons, by the way. Throw <laughs> it away. <laughs> a time to tear and a time to mend. A time to be quiet and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. What do people really get for all their hard work? I have seen the burden God has placed on us all. Yet God has made everything beautiful in its own time. He has planted eternity in the human heart. But even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. And I wanted to kind of pause there because when you're in the midst of a difficult season, that statement we have eternity in our hearts, but we can't see the whole scope of God's work from our tiny little vantage point. And that is so important to remember when things are just falling apart around you, is if you keep your eyes on God, like the eternal, that's going to help center you and help you realize how like small but protected and loved by God that you are. Um, there were plenty of times in the last 12 years of our wilderness where we just felt absolutely alone. And the only thing was like our faith, keeping us going, knowing that God was good. God loves us like more than we can even possibly imagine. And that he's working out all things for our good. Mm -hmm. um, another one that I thought was really awesome is from the book of Acts. Um, chapter 17, verse 26. I don't generally like pulling verses just like a single line. I call that verse jacking because it's like you're hijacking mm -hmm. the meaning of the Bible. But this, I felt like that he's talking about Jesus, but he says, for one man, he created all the nations throughout the whole earth. He decided beforehand when they should rise and fall and he determined their boundaries. So actually, I don't think he's talking about Jesus, is he? I'm not sure. <laughs> What does it Here, say? Just read the real full chapter and see where it comes from. 26. This is real Jesus in here, guys. Yeah. 26. Up here. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is, I think. It is. Yeah. yeah. The full verse. He yeah, is God who made the world and everything in it. Since he is Lord of heaven and earth, he doesn't live in man-made temples. And human hands can't serve his needs, for he has no needs. He himself gives life and breathes and breath into everything, and he satisfies every need. And then the verse we just read. Yeah, he's talking about Adam. For one man, he created all the nations throughout the whole earth. But God decided beforehand when they should rise and fall, and he determined their boundaries, basically saying he knew from the beginning of time that we would be here, that you guys would be here, and where we would be living, and all the different places we would go. And within that scope there's i find peace in that because mm -hmm. and hope 
Yeah, because I'm like, well, even if I screw up, even if I make a terrible decision and like in life goes sideways, like God's still there and sovereign and he knows mm-hmm. like everything. Exactly. So you were saying one thing that stood out to you from Bible was the story of Joseph. Do you want to talk about that? Oh, yeah. I don't have anything pulled up, but I was just listening to a podcast where they were talking about it. By the way, it's called For the Girl. It's a really good podcast, unless you're a girl or you're not a girl. That would be – I mean, you can still listen to it, but it's a really good podcast. Anyhow, they were talking about the story of Joseph, and um, they were talking about it in the aspect of hope. Um, but it really stood out to me like what we're kind of talking about today. It's just like if you read Joseph's story, like, oh, my goodness, that guy went through so much. And there were so many different ups and downs. Um But, like, the key thing that stood out to me is the fact that there was those ups and downs, you know? He was, like, the favored son, you know? And then he sold into slavery. And then he became, like, the owner, like, basically, like, the top of the the house. The leader of the household. Yeah. yeah. And then he was stuck in jail for, like, so many years. And then God pulled him out of that and put him in second of command of, like, all of Egypt. And, I mean, it sounds like a pretty story, you know? It's, like, Sunday school, whatever. But when you really think about that, it's, like, he was in each of those seasons for so long. Like, mm-hmm. I don't have the number to pull out, but I know he was in jail for a really long time. I know he was in slavery for a long time. And I also know that he was the top of the house for a long while and that he was also second in command for, like, basically the rest basically, of Yeah, life. exactly. So what's so interesting to me is, like, that's such a perfect example of those seasons. Like, he trusted and knew completely that God was going to bring him from his lows to his highs and back again because that's how the seasons roll. And he knew that even when he was at his lowest, there was still going to be hope to come, you know? Like for me, if I was thrown in jail after like a couple of months, I'll be honest, I would probably lost hope. Like, I mean, I'm living in a very first world country with a lot of privileges. And so that sort of thing would probably break me. But like he knew, not only did he know and trust that God had a plan for him, but he was constantly worshiping God through that entire time. It was just a whole nother level of trust that God had a plan and a purpose before he was even in those situations. He had a plan and a purpose for his entire life. So that was something that stood out to me that I thought really kind of just like applies to this because a lot of the seasons that we're going to be in, they're probably not going to be like 10, 15 years in jail, you know, maybe. But for the most part, it's going to be like what you were saying, like a season of realizing your kids are growing up or it's a season of losing a job or it's a season of graduating high school or moving to a new city or something that's just a new change, but it's not even going to be that long. And at the same time, you can 100% trust and know that there's going to be more after that, that God has plans for you after that. And it's not your forever because it's not Narnia, you know, the winter doesn't last forever. Um, And even in Narnia, if you've read it, I'm obsessed. Um, He still brings the summer, you know, even though that winter lasted for so, so, so long, there was still hope in those who believed in him that there was going to be a summer and he brought it. So I hope that didn't go too off topic, but I felt like that really applied. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's good. It's good. It made me think of like, so let's talk about the summer season, you know, in the natural, it's my favorite season, but there's growth, there's um, warmth, everything is beautiful and green, and um, yes, there are thunderstorms, there could be tornadoes or hurricanes, but it can be hot. It can, I can be warm again. Yeah. Um, but no, like, so summer is productive time, 
there's a lot to do. There's a lot to be done. Your, you know, longer hours of daylight. And so summer is often associated with things to do. And, and, you know, in our world, it would be like events and gardening and like going to farmer's markets and cookouts and beaches and whatever, mm. like doing all these things. But in the, in the spiritual sense, summer could be like where you're really productive for the Lord and you feel like maybe you feel like you're in a summer right now where you're like, man, I've, I've got like my employment is going well and I'm really active in my church and I feel really connected with God. Like, I feel like I'm really on that vine mm-hmm. and getting direct, you know, sustenance from the Lord. And um, the fruit is, you can, you can see fruit being bared, mm-hmm. born, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like the fruit and, is bearing. <laughs> so, yeah. And something I want to say too is the way we're saying seasons, you know, we're not to say that like if you're in the summer, if you're in that good time, it's not to say like, oh, well, it's going to be gone soon. You know, you're going to mm-hmm. be in the winter soon. It's more to say that when those bad times come, you don't have to lose all hope because it's all part of the process. And so like, if you are like, well, wait, I'm feeling really close to God right now, or my prayer life is fantastic, or I'm surrounding myself with great Christian friends, like, am I going to lose that? It's not to say that God's going to, oh, well, uh, three months. Okay. Time to go on to your downtime, time to go into your winter. It's more to say that when you fall, inevitably fall short and when things go wrong, you don't have to despair because that's still part of the plan. So I just realized that when I was saying that, I was like, oh, wait, that could come off wrong. No, yeah. No, I get that. And the other thing that um, there was another verse that I had found, which I really liked. It's from the book of James, um, chapter 4, verses 13 through 15. Um, I'm reading from the New Living Translation, by the way, because it's my favorite translation. But you can find these verses in whatever you like. I am biased. Well, everyone has their favorite, right? Um, It says, look here, you who say, today or tomorrow, we are going to a certain town and we'll stay there a year. We will do business there and make a profit. How do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? (laughs) Oh, snap. (laughs) Your life is like the morning fog. It's here a little while and then it's gone. What you ought to say is, if the Lord wants us to, we will live and do this and that. And that's just like a really wise way to live your life. Mm -hmm. Like, just just right off the bat because we're not guaranteed anything like you get to wake up in the morning and be like oh sweet i got to wake up in the morning mm-hmm. like god continued to give me breath yeah and, and not in a depressing way right. but in like a hopeful wonderful way right like more like a reverent as as the verse says your life is like the morning fog like i love history i'm a student of history i i like world history but i really love Personal history. Personal histories where I hear people's stories, even if it's like people that I'm contemporaries with and they talk about things that happened in their family line or whatever. I just love hearing it. I love just sitting and and thinking about people who existed before I was even born. Small people, people who were never in history books, people mm-hmm. who you'll never read about, people who existed and lived and worked and died. And I, you know, you just think about that well. We live in this house. We're probably like the 12th family to live here. This house is 140 years old. And every family left a little bit of themselves here. But they're they're gone. Not all of them, of course. But <laughs> like definitely the first few families who lived here are gone. And it's like, well, that's just like compared to God, who's so big and like powerful and eternal. We're just, we totally are. We're like, poof, and we're gone. And so that can be looked at like, wow, that's so 
meaningless and depressing, but no, it's actually awe-inspiring and just like our lives are such a gift. I look at it like the eternal creator of the universe knows my name, knows your name, knows Ellie's name, and has known us since the beginning of time, knew that we would exist, knew that our boundaries would be here. He knew that we would be here in 2023. And that gives me such peace and solace. Um, and, you know, just I'm just very careful to say, Lord willing, it's okay. You can't hear the cat meowing. You can settle down. Um, <laughs> I've taken this guy out three times now. He just cops right back in. And, and I'm guessing you haven't heard a single meow, so I'm Probably sorry not. for the weird distractions. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that's that's kind of where I was going with, with the James chapter 4 verse mm-hmm. where um, – I don't know. I find it comforting, but you know, my personality is not a type A. I'm not a driver personality. I'm not like, I got to accomplish. I got to be a thing. Um, it would be nice to do a thing, but mm-hmm. I'm, that doesn't That's drive me. much more me, my personality. Like, Okay. Well, how does this, how do you look <laughs> at this and what do you think? Yeah. So um, I think my personal personality, like on the positive side of it, I think I'm very good at like just doing something and going very like go-getter entrepreneur just gonna make something new and you know create it but on the other side of that the negative can be that I'm very easy to make big plans and possibly not execute them very well um or just completely over fat over fat (laughs) overstack my schedule I guess it works um and just completely burn myself out so or feel bad about yourself if you haven't like created or accomplished something in like a mm-hmm. day. You're like, I've failed as a human being. <laughs> it's and I'm true. like, girl, come on, give yourself some grace. You need a down day once in a while. Mm-hmm. So if any of you guys are like that, I feel you. But <laughs> this, I feel like when you were reading this verse, it made me kind of think of that. Because like in my mindset, I mean, I have a mindset of like, okay, it's a random Wednesday. And I need to make sure that I have at one least one thing that I've properly accomplished that if someone were to ask me, what did you do today? They would be like, oh, wow, that's great. I'm so proud of you for doing that. Mm. But you don't have that day every day. It's not possible. It's going to make you feel exhausted. It's not good for you. And if the reason behind it is so someone can say, great job, I'm proud of you, then why are you doing it anyway? It's not for the right reasons. And so I like this verse in saying like, Look here, you who say, today or tomorrow we're going to a certain town and we'll stay there a year. We will do business there and make a profit. But how do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life is like the morning fog. It's here a little while and then it's gone. And so on the one hand, that's so encouraging for me on that go-getting side of like, yes, I want to do big things. I want to be able to make a difference because who knows how long I have. But at the same time, who knows how long I have. So I need to make sure that I'm taking care of myself. I need to make sure that I'm taking, making sure that I'm taking those downtimes and also making sure that I'm focusing less on the, you know, big news cover activities and also on the relationships, you know. I might not be able to, like, find a, start a business tomorrow, you know, but maybe I'm growing my relationship with my brothers and my friends or something, you know. That's not something that if someone asks, hey, what did you do today? And I say, oh, I had a really good conversation with my little brother and I think we're closer now. They're going to be like, okay, I didn't need to know that much, you know. That's not the sort of thing that's going to give you like brownie points with people, but it's still really important. So Mm -hmm. that was something that spoke to me when you were talking about that. Yeah. And, you know, 
one of the things we started out by saying was how to be happy and content in each season. And some seasons, it's just going to naturally be easier to be happy and content in mm-hmm. those seasons. And, um, you know, to be honest, I can't presume to think that any one season is going to be easier for a person. Mm-hmm. Like we think of fall, fall is harvest and winding down and the winding down still takes effort. You got to like make sure everything's done with, tied up, put put mm-hmm. to bed. Yeah. And you if can you actually re- rest. Exactly. And if you're like me, it's it can also be hard work to accept that it's the fall season, to accept that you need to start putting things away and mm. winding down and letting go of things. Letting go of the pruning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it can be easy to have it be late September and saying, oh, well, yeah, it was 70 yesterday. It's still summer. It's still summer, right? But you know deep down the fall leaves are changing and the breezes are getting cooler and you know that it's a changing season. So for someone like me, that can be something that's hard to do is to just kind of accept that the seasons change. That's what they do. And you have to let go of those things and be ready to enter into that next season of your life. So in this blog post that uh, a gal was writing about seasons in the Bible, she brought up something that I wanted to touch on when we're in the fall season. She calls it a spiritual fall Mm -hmm. and where um, she likens it to cooling off or um, winding down. And that might be in our lives that might, she was saying that might manifest as losing a job or your health takes a turn for the worst or maybe you have like a relationship go sour and um the way that she was able to talk through it was that fall is often the time where you need to let go of things or um like the leaves and the trees will let go they'll let go they'll fall and they can't hold on to them all winter and stuff and they know like nature doesn't fight it um pruning and letting go in the fall season is painful and hard but sometimes god is showing us things that are life draining and things that we need to cut out of our life that are distracting us from him, or maybe it's toxic people, things like that. That can be like a a fall type season. And, you know, those transitions, those seasons can be hard, but you can, I don't know, finding joy or just feeling content in those times is like, I think the best way to do that is just to surrender to God and, like as we've been talking about this whole podcast is that he's in control. He knows our every like hair on our heads. He's known our days. They've been mapped out since the beginning of time. And like, if we just surrender our seasons to him, that will build contentment and gratefulness mm-hmm. and a joyful heart. Yeah. And it's actually interesting because <laughs> this episode, this thing that we're talking about right now was actually the reason that I thought we should start a podcast because um, I was talking to you, I think, I think it was about Christmas or something. Yeah. And I sat down with you and I'm like, Hey, it was like a couple days after Christmas or something. Um, and I was like, I gotta be honest, like Christmas was kind of a letdown. Yeah. I was, I don't want to be ungrateful, but I was like, this is really different than we've had it in the past. And I'm very much like a, a talking thinker. So I was saying my thoughts as they were coming into my head. And so I was like, you know, it's been really different, but I think part of it is just you know, we're older kids now, and so we don't have all of those traditions that we uphold um, just because it doesn't make sense. We're not little toddlers anymore, you know, and we've been busier as of late. And so I was like, I know the reasons why this year was different, but it was still kind of disappointing mm-hmm. that it was so different, you know. 
and then this is kind of what you were talking about with that. Um, it was just really encouraging. Yeah, the seasons of life. I, I kind of first spoke to Ellie about that in that moment on Christmas break was she, you know, we had sickness in the family. And so we weren't able to connect with one whole part of our family at all. Like it was just one person after another was sick. And so we didn't get to have Christmas with my parents at all. We didn't even go over to their house. We had like a video call. Finally, we just gave up because <laughs> it was like, oh, maybe not. It was like, nope, eh, nope, and eh, nope. we were okay, like, we're gonna do a yeah. WhatsApp video call, right? We were like two weeks into January and we still haven't been able to connect. And um, and but you know, Christmas Eve we had a tradition of hosting or being hosted uh, a little pre-Christmas party for years and years and years, and we weren't able to do it because a couple people in our own family got sick and we had to cancel last minute. And um. You know, we, we spent Christmas Eve at home not going to church because of that sickness. That was different. And then, um, you know, just a few things leading up to Christmas we weren't able to do. We weren't we didn't do like our annual baking because I just didn't have time. And, um, you know, we didn't get a real tree. We always went into like the tree or no, tree yeah. chopping. I can't think of the we word. Would, a tree farm. Yeah, tree farm. And we would, like, find the perfect one. Actually, we would find the least perfect one, the most yes. bedraggled, sad, broken one and adopt it into our home. Yeah. <laughs> that was our tradition. But yeah. we didn't do that either. We used a fake tree this year. Which we have done in the past. Yes. But it's not. You know, it was just a lot of things. And, and she was lamenting, like, the loss of that. And I said, yeah, those are real feelings. And, and that's, like, definitely true. But there were some things that we do – kind of anchor our Christmas season with. And I reminded her of some of the things that we were able to do this year that we do every year. And I said, you know, one of our traditions is watching um, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. We started that before Ethan was even born. And um, that was one of the shows that we watched. And she's like, I didn't realize that's why we watch that movie every single year. Like if we're going to watch a Christmas movie, it's going to be that one. And then the rest are just cake. And yeah. Um, and she was like, that makes so much sense. All of us kids know that movie by heart. Like we can say except all the lines for verbatim, except for a couple that we mute out for proprietary's sake. And, but she was like, oh, that's like an anchor. And that's one of the things that you can do too, if you're going through a season of change where, where it just doesn't feel like how it used to, you know, embracing the change is hard, but it, it's healthy and it's good. But maybe there are some things that you can do to help anchor your family or yourself to like, well, this is still a part of me because mm -hmm. this thing happened. And I, and that's just because people are, are sentimental. And, um, you know, for, for us, the silly thing was like the anchoring point was like Christmas vacation. It's so silly, but like, that was one of the few things. And we got to make gingerbread houses, which was not necessarily a tradition and it kind of happened in a weird half-hearted way but like you know no one was interested like the like the kids Ellie was interested of course but like her brothers were kind of like meh about it and so I just have to change too mm -hmm. like with what they want to do how they want to celebrate the season they're to the age where you know Andy and I aren't going to dictate what we do as much we're going to ask for family input what sounds like fun for the whole group and that's just a part of seasonality you know? mm -hmm. yeah so that's kind of where that all started um but yeah, yeah that was just something that was what <laughs> we had that long talk where I yammered on and on and she was like oh, we should start a podcast no seriously <laughs> I was like okay she stopped talking was like okay 
good point. We started a podcast. She's yeah. like, what? Yeah. So that was that sort It's like, I'm 100% listening. Also, I have an idea. <laughs> yeah. And that's your go-getter part of you saying, I want to produce a thing. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> and it was very worth it. But yeah, that was kind of something that really spoke to me because I'm very sentimental. So things changing like that can be really hard. Mm-hmm. But I like what you said about having like anchor points. I like that word. Um, certain things that you can always, you know, keep a part of it that uh, especially stuff like watching a movie, you know, you can watch a movie anywhere. If we didn't do Christmas in Wisconsin, if we went to a vacation or if we had to move, you know, our surroundings are changed, but the traditions and certain things that like make that season special are still there. So yeah, I really like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I don't know if I have much more to say. About cool. That. Yeah. Well, this was mainly your episode and I love where you took it. I think it was very encouraging for me. And so I hope, I mean, I've already heard you say it before, so I'm sure it'll be encouraging for other people. But yeah, just you want to give like a 10 second recap, how to make, how to enjoy your seasons. Yeah. So life is full of changing seasons. There's nothing very permanent about it. The Bible talks about that all the time. And the only permanent thing really is, is God. And he is eternal and never changing. And he is your anchor point. For all the things. Ooh, that's a good one. Thanks. I didn't even write that down. That was good. <laughs> it's like, ooh, that's 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 good. Wrapped it all up with a little bow. Yeah. <laughs> one little PS I want to say is that it's okay to feel sad when the season changes. Mm-hmm. It's totally normal. It's okay to mourn the loss of a time that you held dear. And and then also be excited for what's coming yeah. forward. Not so. letting that mourning take over you, you right. know, healthy a, part of change. Yes. It's okay to feel sad. Yes, exactly. That's the biggest thing, I think. Yeah. To not feel guilty about yeah. feeling sad that the season is going. Yeah. Cool. All right. Jinx. Sounds okay, good. Well, awesome. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening. What is this, our third episode? Yeah. Feels like we've been doing it forever. Guess what it means to be an expert. Just kidding. We're so bad. <laughs> we get deranged so easily. But it was really fun. Hope this guy's this guy's. Hope this really uh, impacted you guys. Um, yeah, I think that's when that's you all. say deranged. Do you actually mean derailed? Oh my goodness, have I said that a lot of times? You said it twice, and I'm like, mm, I'm not sure that oh word means what she thinks it means. That is what I meant to say. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm yeah. Like, no. Yes. I'm just clearing that up. She meant derailed. derailed. I'm so sorry. Oh, my goodness. We're deranged, at least not that we know of. But. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. if you haven't gotten enough of us already, thank yep. you guys so much for listening. Tune yes. in next time. We love you guys. And yep. bye. Bye.